Good morning. We're excited to be back with you this morning. Triple Double Podcast, man. Run KNC Productions. Excited to get back with you guys today, back in front of the camera. Uh, I know I've been on spaces a little bit lately, man, but I'm really excited to get back on camera and, and speak to you guys kind of about what we're going to talk about today. So you guys know we kind of break our stuff down into four quarters. So for the first quarter today, I want to kind of talk about media in, in basketball. That's what I do. Um, you know, I, you guys, I know I run my company called the TB5 Reports. We really strive to create a platform that creates opportunities for every level of college basketball. That's something that we take a lot of pride in. You know, my evaluation, I take a lot of pride in. Um, but there are different tiers of media, right? You have some media that work for college coaches. That's what I do. You know, I don't necessarily work for high school programs, AAU programs, or specific children, kids, players. I actually have colleges who pay me to go out and scout talent, right? So that's what I do. You know, that's my clients are the coaches. I work for them. You have some media who um, they work for players. You know, they work for parents. You know, it's not a bad thing. I, I like to call them advocates to a degree. You know what I'm saying? Because some people need help. This is a very, very tough landscape to, to, to navigate at times. And, you know, some people have a different level of expertise and can do a custom fit for a player at some point, right? Now, let's get into the media, what's really going on, because there are also some media that, I hate to say this, man, exploit kids. Um, you will be surprised how many of these guys work for agents, um, kind of running around <laughs> trying to scout talent to identify the next pro to run back and get information to an agent so they can insert themselves into that equation. Um, you also have media who tend to try to be an expert in everything, you know, like I know a media source where a guy has gone from scout, event operator, to NIL manager, to NFT collector slash mint person. Like it's amazing, you know, how people try to stay involved with, with money in this. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of money in youth sports. Like 100%, it's, it's a lot of money in youth basketball as well. I think people are starting to really see that. You know, you have to be really careful on who you allow. I'm going to be honest, to take your kids' pictures, to interview your kids, and who you allow access to your children, man. You have to really do your research and really try to take time to understand an agenda. Everybody has an agenda, right? You got to figure out if the agenda aligns with, with, with your agenda. Um, And that's very important, man. You guys have to – all media voices aren't created equal either. You know, some of these college coaches talk to some people a little bit more than they do others. They trust people a little bit more than you do, do others, just like in any other space in in, in any other um, any other uh, work. You know, it's it's the same kind of thing. So you have to be very careful who you allow to advocate for your son. I sent a tweet the other day. Follow me on Twitter at the TB Five Reports. Um, also follow us on Twitter at Trip Dub. Podcast, T-R-I-P underscore D-U-B underscore podcast on Twitter. You know, I kind of talked about, um, you know, just just advocating, you know, and, and, and guys working for kids. We keep, you hear the word handler, 
You know, a handler is a person who's literally designed to navigate a kid from point A to point B, wherever it may be, for the most part, unscathed. These people try to control a narrative that only pushes uh, the kid that they're working for. That's dangerous because I've always felt like in order to push one specific kid, you might have to hurt another one to do that. You know, when people are coming to you expecting you to provide information and intel on a position group or a class level, you know, if you work for a kid and a parent, how can you give them an honest answer? Um, your job is to push that kid. You know what I'm saying? It might be three kids better than them, but they're not paying you for, for those services that you're rendering. So you'll push your kid. I think that's kind of a slippery slope and dangerous. Me personally, I wish, um, you know, people who work for kids kind of stayed out of the limelight as far as trying to work for everybody. If you have signed on to work for specific kids, I just think it gets kind of um, tricky, you know, as far as trying to do both, man. And you want to make sure that you're able to lock in and, and, and focus on the majority. You know, a lot of the reason I started media a couple of years ago, you know, I coached first. You know, I had a group in 2018. I feel like I had to work tirelessly to help get them kids in school, man. Like, it was unbelievable. And one of those kids, Caleb Jordan at St. Mary's, Division II Long Star Conference has been freshman of the year in that league, and he scored a 1,000 points. That was the only offer he had. You know, he played on a really good high school team in Midlothian with Kay Narchi, who went on the TCU. They went to state that year, and that kid did not pick up that offer until late March. He had nobody advocating for him. So the first report I ever did was a free unsigned senior report, and that was his class. You know, and I built some phenomenal relationships with uh with D two level coaches, JUCO D three, just trying to help kids get in school, man, and that's kind of how I got my start. So as far as media parents, not every dude in Jordan's has the player's best interest in mind. That is absolute facts. Ask questions. Do not just open up your wallet. Do not just go off of what somebody tells you. Do your research. You know, start with Google. I'm not saying finish with Google. Ask questions. I don't mind y'all coming up to me asking questions. I'll be completely truthful without completely bashing somebody else. But I will tell you, you know, my experience with them. Not to say it should damper yours, but I'll tell you kind of what's going on with that. So we definitely want to end the first quarter with with that information. Parents, like, be careful. I know it's been a pandemic. I know you feel like your babies are behind to a degree, and that might be right. But do not get desperate in this and start to go to anybody and listen to anybody for help because that could hurt you much more in the long run, okay? That's the end of the first quarter. Thank you. All right, Triple Double Podcast back for the second quarter, man. We still talking about media. So we get a little bit more in-depth um, kind of about what we're talking about as far as media goes. Um, and what I want to really hit on is – the ability to identify and evaluate. I think that some really good evaluators, they do a good job of identifying. Number one, identify essentially means once I see you, do I realize you can play? Evaluation, what do you do well? What do you struggle at? But I think the great evaluators, they do a great job of investigation. Um, At some point, you know, you get to a high school level, you can tell pretty quickly on if a kid can play or not. Like, you understand that. That's not hard to see. My wife can tell you that that a player is really good if he's super talented. 
then what you have to do, and I majored in criminal justice, so I love this part of it. You got to start investigating. You got to investigate that that young man, that young woman you're evaluating, their parents, who do they play for, the trainer. You know, all these people tend to have some kind of pattern of behavior over time, especially if they've been in grassroots before said kid. So you can kind of get an idea on how said players' recruitment may go. And I know some college coaches who will not recruit a kid particularly because of who they're tied to. Could have been because of a past bad experience, whatever the case may be. You know, like literally you can cut your list in half from a recruitment standpoint based on who's advocating for your kid. Because some people will dress themselves up as advocates, you know, just to secure that dollar from your child. So you have to be careful with that piece, man. Trusted eyes. You know, I see a lot of tweets, man, with, with trust my eyes, I trust my eyes. Shout out to Snoop Johnson, man, associate head coach at UTA. He was the first one that gave – I saw that hashtag, hashtag trust my eyes. Trusting your own eyes is one thing. Other people trusting them is is different. I remember before I started scouting, I had a, a college coach tell me, he said, Buff, you got a gift. I'm like, what do you mean, man? He was like, you can see, but your ability, your ability to project is what is, is your gift. Like you can see it early. Tell us what's going to happen. And it happens, you know, it's because of the investigation piece. You can't project strictly off of identifying and evaluating projection. That's mindset. That's circle. That's willingness to do something. That's know how that's, Oh, this kid was a two two sport star. Anthony Black was so easy for me to see projection wise because that kid was a full time wide receiver at the six A level while playing basketball. When his mom told me, Buff, we're gonna give up basketball his senior year. He just I mean football. He just wants to focus on basketball. I told every coach in the country that would listen, this kid is giving up football. He is getting ready to take a tremendous jump because he's going to have more time to work on his game. And it took no time. That kid played seven-on-seven for the last time, I want to say last March, played at opening day the next week, and the rest was history. Like, he was special the whole year. He wasn't doing camps, football camps. He wasn't playing seven-on-seven anymore. Basketball had his intention. That was part of my my investigation, though. Case and Wallace. I knew Kaysen was going to be special because I knew his circle. I knew his mom. I knew his father. I knew his trainer. I knew his AAU coach. I knew who his brother was. Zero chance that kid wasn't going to reach his ceiling as far as high school goes. Those guys were really easy to bet on because of the investigation piece. Kay Cunningham the same way. Like you knew he was coming in. The kid was just so driven not to be the best player in the country Kay Cunningham was driven to be the best player that has ever played basketball. Ask Kay what his motivation is. He'll tell you, I want to be the best to ever played this game. You know, so the investigative piece as far as evaluators, we got to do a better job of investigating who these kids are, who's making their decisions, um, and and what, what, does any of that formula, is that counterproductive to, to the prospect and what they could be later, or – is it is it a good thing for him? So the investigational piece as far as your evaluation, spend more time 
getting to know these players you're evaluating. Talk to them. These kids want to talk. These parents want to talk to you if they know you're an evaluator. Like, they know that. So that would be a nugget that I would definitely give to um, any evaluators trying to come up in this process right now. Credibility is something I want to hit on. The hardest thing to do in, in anything as far as, as growing a business and growing a reputation is to build credibility. You know, I cannot say this enough, man. In this business, if you just do what you say you're going to do, it, it will put you in front of a lot of people because a lot of people just don't do what they say they're going to do. So ultimately, you know, it's a situation where you have to be credible. You can't just say stuff because parents are asking you to tweet or write about their kids or paying you to tweet or write about their kids or program directors that you want to play in your events are telling you, hey, can you work my work for my kids beforehand? Number one, I tell people this all the time. A parent can call me and be like, hey, my kid has 67 points today. If I see it on Twitter, somebody else say something about it, I'll retweet it. I'll verify it, but I can't put that out there because I wasn't there. If you weren't there, how can you report on it? You're getting secondhand information a lot of times from a parent, sometimes a high school coach, and for the most part, man, the high school coaches are are, are pretty credible, but it goes back to, to my initial point in the first quarter, agendas. What are, What is the agenda? You know, are they trying to push this kid? Are you seeing a lot of people trying to come around? I have parents that call me and, and ask me to – to tweet and talk about their kids, you know, not a lot because I don't think I give that off. I don't think people think I will do that, but they do. And I tell them, I said, man, like I don't work for kids. You know, what I do do is work for the coaches and any kids that I have seen consistently be productive at something that translate. Then I get on my, on on my soapbox and I go to war for them, especially if I feel like they kind of behind or underrated. So that keeps me credible because all I'm doing is talking about what I see. If I miss, it's because I missed something I saw. I'm not missing because somebody else gave me some secondhand information that I didn't go and, and verify, and I just shot it out there real quick. Social media is dangerous for that, man, because there is stuff happening. People are reporting things that parents are telling them are happening. You know, and I, I came up a little earlier. Like, I ain't been around super long, but I came around up a, up some dudes who been around this for a long time. Jim Hicks in Houston, Dino Stragonis in California. You know, dudes who have, have done 30 years of this. And they got to be there to report it. Like, that's reporting. You know, and I used to be a teacher teaching history, primary sources. You know, like, do, do you have something that gives you tangible information where you can go to war for this kid? So, that's the biggest thing for me, man. Be credible. Because once you lose your credibility in any business, it's hard to get it back. You have to go change your name, change your face maybe, you know, to kind of come back around and and do this. And I haven't been in this long, but I've seen a lot of people come and go in grassroots basketball already. And a lot of it boils down to credibility. You know, if you're credible in any business, you do a good job, your work will validate you. I'm a true believer in that. But you have to do what you say you're going to do. Um, next thing up for the second quarter, and we're going to uh, curtail it. Is it time for the social media, media police to get involved? That is heavy. Because I think, and I was having a conversation this morning, man. I, I think we do such a good job in grassroots of kind of minding your own business. I think that's dangerous, though. 
you know, when you talk about credibility, and, and I tell parents all the time, all the old parents that I've ever had encounters with that kids are in college, I always invite them to come back and speak at my camps. I'm planning on trying to do a parent symposium at some point, you know, where they can come back and tell the good, the bad, and the ugly of all of this. You guys have to be more willing to come back and give that information to parents coming up. You know, it sounds different coming from me because ultimately we're all competitors. So something coming from a, from the competition may seem like, oh, you just don't want me to do business with them. That could just possibly be the, be the case depending on who you're talking to. But talking to a parent who has gone through this in this city, in this state, I think that is you can't put a price on that type of information. You know, so the, I think we should do a better job, though. Like, I think people, once you know a person is a a crook or somebody who's been bad or done some things wrong around these kids in this space, I think we do have to do a better job of that because, you know, my opinion is if I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm no better than the guy who did something wrong if I'm suppressing the information somebody asked me for. You know, at some point, man, just minding your own business can can hurt people more than it helps them, man. So if if it's something going on and, and, and somebody has done wrong by one of these kids in this space, we all should be policing that. No question, because this is our community. This is um, what we want to do is promote these kids. And I think 95% of the people in this city feel that way. We cannot let a 5% stop us from moving a needle from a very, very special place right now. As far as basketball goes, like everything is right. Like I said, we got five burger kids. We got momentum, you know, so we want to make sure everybody's up on the up and up. We want our media and our coaches and our trainers that that touch these talented kids to be as talented and, and right as the kids are. So I think that's very important, you know, and because of like, do we know or should I say, do the coaches, parents and players know who to trust? That's so key. You know, and even doing the spaces, man, like where you kind of get some feedback from parents, they send messages, sometimes they talk like they are so thankful, not for me talking, but it's always a panel of people speaking on these things from different areas and parents really don't know. They just know their kid loves basketball, might be a little bit, might be as good as somebody else, a little bit better, but that's where it stops. But as far as who to deal with, you know, like I'm not a surgeon. So if I walk into a hospital, um, I need to find a surgeon to, to, to find me another surgeon to, to do the operation. You know, they're parents. And some of these parents have turned into creating their own media. Like, you get enough money in this, man, you can push your own kid. Like, I'm watching it happen. Like, it, it, it happens. And I'm not mad at them, man. People do what they want to for their kids. But don't expect me to go along with what you're going on because you believe in that in your kid. I got to see it. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, man, credibility. Please take that with y'all today. Young guys, be credible. Old guys, be credible. Parents, seek credibility. All right? That is the end of the second quarter, man. Thank y'all. All right. Welcome back to the third quarter of the Triple Double Podcast. The third quarter is brought to you today by one of our partners, Legit Sports Stats, the leading stat, in-game stat company for grassroots basketball. Um, my guy, Marcellus Bowie, does a phenomenal job, man. I'm excited to have him. I'm not just talking about him. Marcellus is going to do all the stats for our events this year. 
He also works for the NIBC, man. So if you're looking for stats, at Legit Sports Stats, L-E-G-I-T-S-P-O-R-T-S-T-A-T-S, Legit Sports Stats. Third quarter, man, I'm excited about this one because this is history. Like I told you, I taught history. Uh, so the history of basketball gets me excited. So our topic for the third quarter today, just because you were selected MVP of an all-star game doesn't mean you are a rich and famous NBA superstar. Uh, the McDonald's All-American game is a prestigious, probably the most historical postseason uh, high school all-star event, I would say. Um, Jordan brand game is new and fresh. That's a big-time game. Nike Hoop Summit is big-time, but the McDonald's All-American game has – just years upon years of the best players we've ever seen, Hall of Famers, uh, going to have successful careers. So what we did was kind of pull up some MVPs of the game. So below, I'm going to talk to you guys about a list of MVPs from the game. Uh, not all of them are NBA All-Stars. Some people have never heard of these guys. So let's start in 1982. The MVP of the McDonald All-Star game's name was Ephraim Winters. He went to King College Prep, King High School in, in Illinois. Probably Chicago King. They used to be loaded back in them days. I've never heard of him. He was a high school All-American and MVP of that game, right? 1996, Shaheen Holloway. Special, man. I remember Shaheen, man. I was a freshman in high school. Um, Shaheen played, I want to say, for St. Pat's in Jersey. I actually got to get my boy C. Wood on here to talk about Shaheen, that's his dude, man. Shaheen is a is a legend in Jersey. Um, I want to say he's training, maybe even an agent now. Don't know if he had any success as far as an NBA guy, but he is definitely still a heavy hitter as far as basketball goes in his community, man. I remember Shaheen. 1999, the MVP of the game, Jonathan Bender from Mississippi. I watched that game, and Jonathan Bender was this – 6'9", maybe 6'10", long, lanky kid from Mississippi. He was committed to Mississippi State. And he was unreal as far as just the ability to make shots, create. He was so quick off the ground, and he jumped high. And that game actually had Bender go pro. Like, Bender left the McDonald All-American game, and in the June draft, what, three or four months later, he was the number five pick in the draft, a lottery pick. Uh, people will tell you Bender. Some people will tell you Bender is one of the best high school, most talented high school basketball players they've ever seen. His stuff got really derailed by injuries, but he is doing a phenomenal job as an as an entrepreneur on several restaurants and has found a way to kind of stay around the game and make money. Two thousand six, man, this is crazy. They had co MVPs that year. Looks like Chase Budinger, who was from California. And Kevin Durant, arguably a top, I don't think it's arguable that he's one of the top three scorers basketball might have ever seen, right? So Chase Budinger went on to have a phenomenal career at Arizona. Chase was a big-time volleyball player in high school, too. I don't think people realize that. Chase had a very good uh, college career at Arizona. Kevin Durant gave us one of the – one of the best freshman seasons we've ever seen in college basketball at Texas. I have to get Springman on here at Oral Roberts. I know the guy who recruited Kevin Durant to Texas. Maybe you try to get him on here to talk to him. But Kevin Durant and Chase Budinger were MVP. Kevin Durant's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. 
Chase Budinger is no longer in the NBA. Tyreek Evans, 2008, MVP of the Burger Game. It's crazy. Tyreek Evans was just came off a of suspension yesterday. I want to say he's been on a three year suspension from the NBA for drug use. So man, you know Tyreek was rookie of the year. Man played for Calipari at Memphis. Was off to a heck of a start. Uh, got into some issues with the NBA. Had to sit for three years. Man. So I'll let you know how talented Reek was. Reek was MVP, the best player in the country, arguably as a high school senior, rookie of the year in the NBA, had some really good years, got into some issues, and here we are in 2022, and, and Tyreek is just being reinstated. So I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up on the G League roster or something at some point. Uh, 2015, Czech Jalo from Our Savior New American School, New York. Man, I remember Czech Jalo. Uh, what college did he go to? He was like a big time rim running kid though. You know, like like I know Check Jolly. I remember him when he was in high school. Um I'm trying to remember, did he go to school? He had to go to college somewhere. But he was MVP of that game. I remember he was just so efficient. I don't know if he missed a game or missed a shot in that game. And he had a ton of rebounds. Um so it kind of goes to show, don't get me wrong, man. It's definitely a blessing to be included in those postseason games and those events. You know, and even be one of the best players in events, but it does not guarantee success. You know, I give you another person, uh, alumni from my high school, Aaron Aflalo. I remember an article. Aaron was a McDonald All American in 2007, went to UCLA, went to three Final Fours. That's one of the top three players on that team. Aaron had an awful, awful McDonald All American game. He was like one for seven. And I remember an article coming out saying they expected him to probably struggle in college more than any other McDonald All-American. Aaron played 10 years in the NBA. 15th uh, pick in the draft after his junior year at UCLA. So it, it didn't, like, it's an all-star game. You know, so the moral of the story, the best of the best don't always make it to the NBA, you know, but you can become a very successful, good person. You know, I wouldn't tell you Aaron Aflalo was better than Jonathan Bender by no stretch of the imagination. Different things happen, you know. But if you continue to be a good person and, and use the relationships in basketball, man, I've met so many phenomenal people through this. You know, like one of my best friends in the world now, you know, we went to high school 20 years ago. He's a sports agent at one of the biggest agent firms in the country. You know, my high school coach, Rob Palmer, he's the coach at UCLA. You know, one of my best friends in the world, Ellis Miles. You know, he coached D'Angelo Russell, went to Louisville, played for Patino. Like, I've I've met so many people through this game, man. Just keep playing as long as you can. Keep playing as long as you can. That doesn't always mean NBA. But the moral of the story is, if you are a good person and you're able to build relationships in this, they will last you a lifetime. They will last you a lifetime. All right? That's the end of the third quarter. Thank you again. That was brought to you by... Legit Sports Stats, the number one in-game stat analytics company for grassroots basketball in the country. All right, we're in clutch time right now, fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is brought to you by FK3 Creative, Freaky 3, uh, the best uh, graphic artist Designer in grassroots basketball, man, special. Does all of my, my 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 flyers and you know all kind of stuff. He's he he's he's helped me with, man. So if you're looking to build a brand in the grassroots space, 
get in contact with, with Ryan Parker at Freaky3 on Twitter. At F-R-E-E-K-E-Y-3, T-H-R-E-E, Freaky3. So we're going to circle back and closing about media and kind of how rankings and expectations of these young men and young women can create pressure almost for 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 some of these kids. You know, rankings are important. I'm not going to tell you they're not. While you're in high school, they're important. They are. Because some coaches strictly recruit from that list. Some media people strictly figure out who to go see from that list. But the issue with rankings is are they're subjective. You know, they're they're opinionated. And I will also tell you they can be influenced. So favors do happen on these rankings, and they're never really for the kid. So a kid might get a ranking that helps the program look shinier. Might help the program get said kid from somebody else because they told them I'm moving your ranking up. Uh, advice to USA Basketball. Advice to certain camps. There are some people who can move the needle on this stuff. But what happens when the marketing and the push for said player doesn't meet the player's production level? So a guy like me, right? I'm always going to see a kid with my own two eyes. There are some people that I trust to give me some information on the kid, but I want to go see for myself to create my own evaluation. What social media does is it creates a narrative now. It's so easy to create a narrative for a player now. So anybody can go on Twitter and say, my kid is the best athlete in the world. My kid is the best ball handler in the world. You know, And you get enough people to say it, it becomes a retweet. It becomes what people are trained to see almost when they go watch basketball. But if you tell this kid, you know what, man, you rank top 25 in the country, you got Baylor, you got Kentucky, you got Duke, you got Texas, you got all these schools recruiting you. You did all this when the kid was in ninth and 10th grade. So for whatever reason, the kid didn't, didn't keep getting better, didn't keep working, and the production wasn't there. So now signing day rolls around. This kid is dropped in the rankings. Uh, McDonald's All-American game rolls around. This kid is it doesn't make the, 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 the team, and you've been telling him the whole time he's going to be All-American. What happens when this kid is crushed because what he t- what, what, what they were told they were going to receive and what they already had, none of it came to, to, to fruition. None of it came to pass. And what I've noticed is – Nobody's there to pick up the pieces when those kids feel this, this sort of letdown. You know, the, the narrative is very dangerous for the long-term mental health, in my opinion, of some of these kids. We forget they're kids. They're not just basketball players. They're not just prospects. They're not just 6'8", 240 pounds. You're dealing with 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, man, who at the end of the day are trying to please somebody. So sometimes an agenda used to push a kid that, that really pushes an adult, the, the kid is getting, for lack of a better word, screwed, man. Like I know 
grown men now who are struggling. They feel like failures in life because they didn't reach the, the, the unfair expectation an adult put on them. You know, like it was a guy that grew up in my neighborhood. His name was Jerome Heavens. You know, Jerome was a big-time baseball and football kid. Um, he went to Iowa State to play football. They told him, I mean, he was supposed to be the dude. He was the neighborhood hero. He got there, and Iowa State had a running back the year before. I forgot his name. Remember his last name was Davis. He had rushed for 1,500 yards before he got there, and the year Jerome got there, the kid ended up rushing for like 2,200 yards at Iowa State. It was like a big deal. And Jerome never recovered because Jerome was always told he was the dude. He was the NFL prospect. So he came home and kind of disappeared for a little while, you know. And I know him, known him really well because I knew his sister. His sister and I went to school together and got into gangs, got into drugs because he didn't meet the expectations set on him by somebody else. That's scary, man, when you really think about it, you know. And a lot of these young men and young women, a lot of these grown people are, I don't want to, e- emotional. Like there are, are, are ups and downs in this, you know. Um, so these expectations on these kids, when they don't make it, that same person who told them they was going to reach this pinnacle, they drop them at times when they don't. You know, parents are there left to pick up the pieces and, care for their child who is now 25 with a full life in front of them, but feel like they failed because they didn't go to the NBA because they didn't go to the NFL because they weren't successful in college. They might even still have a degree, but they were told you a pro, you are all American, you the goat. But why are you telling them that? That's not always the case when you tell these kids this man. You know, a lot of time it's just let me tell these kids what they need to hear so I can keep them in my program, keep them under my control. That is a very dangerous game that, in my opinion, is being played a little bit too much right now. You know, at some point, you know, we're going to have to start tracking, you know, these young men once they get to school. I think ultimately, you know, mental health and in, in, in youth sports is so serious and it's definitely something I want to do. You know, with my nonprofit that we're we're growing in, in a foundation for this, man. Like I think it definitely needs to be addressed because it's a serious deal. These kids are transferring at the semester once they get to college, man. And that is that that don't get me wrong, some of these situations aren't ideal, but you went in there with some kind of expectation that wasn't real. You know, so you're just like, Oh man, I'd have failed. I I I gotta go do something else. Is that the right thing? Like you're not a failure. Like we talked about, man, as long as you are a good person and you do what you say you're going to do and you do right by people, you can have a phenomenal quality of life. You know, but as a 15-year-old kid, if a grown man or a grown woman is telling them, hey, you're going to be number one in the country, I don't care what else happened, you just going to be that because I said that. Oh, you want to be ranked? I can get you ranked. Oh, you want to be on a mock draft? I can get you on a mock draft. That's not for the kids. That's for the adults. But who's left with the mess? The kid. That's a problem. That is a very serious issue that we're dealing with, man. And that goes back to being incredible. People are out here being very reckless with what they're saying and, 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 and how they're promoting these, these young men and young women. And it's dangerous because they are very impressionable, just like any other kid. You know, so... 
try not to let other people's expectations or even other people's evaluations of you, period, derail you into thinking something different. You have to keep the main thing, the main thing, control what you can control. That's your work ethic. You know, that's, that's your production to a degree. Nobody's perfect. Your circle, you know, that's the only people that should matter. A lot of you kids, man, y'all get to a point where you prove the doubters wrong, but they still continue to carry a chip. I'm all about the chip, but at some point you got to get to the point where you're proving yourself right. Your goals and your expectations should matter much more to you than a scout, than a media member, than a program director, than a coach. So that I would definitely want to leave you guys with that today, man. Like we have to be careful with that. That's something I'm going to be a huge advocate for and, and talking very loudly about moving forward, about how these expectations are putting a lot of pressure on these kids, man. And we know the percentages say that all these kids are not going to make it. And we tell a lot of kids they are. That's I'm not telling you to derail anybody's future. I'm not telling you you ain't going to make it. You just don't tell them they are and they haven't yet. We don't know that. We don't know that. You know, and I think a lot of times that boils down to a lot of people want to be first more than they want to be right. And that goes back to credible. Oh, I saw this kid. He looked like a pro. Let me go on here and say he a pro. That's a lot, man. Because these kids not asking for that. They don't know how to ask for that. Grind, man. Work. Work. Just control what you control. Work. Work. So um, next episode, we will cover ooh, live period tips. The live period is approaching. It's getting really close. I'm excited about it, man, because classes of 23 through 25 have never played. They've never got the opportunity to play an early live period, which is April. They get two in April this year, which means you get an opportunity to essentially have a not a dress rehearsal because it's the real thing, but you get more opportunities to be seen. These kids will get four chances to be seen in a live period instead of two like they have last year and prior to that, none. So we'll definitely have some tips for you guys moving forward on what you need to do to prepare for the live period. Uh, get out to a gym in the DFW, support Texas Hoops. This is the last week of the regular season. Playoffs, well, yesterday was the last day. I think we might have some tiebreakers on Friday, but the playoffs will start next week. Find them playoffs. They're going to some really good talent. Those five, those five Burger Kids from Dallas, Texas, keep in mind we have five from Dallas, and the state of Nebraska has only had two in the history of their state. And one of them was last year, Hunter Salas at Gonzaga. So think about that, man. Get out and enjoy these kids. It's not going to always look like this. Get out, go see some games, private school, public school, charter school. Get out and go support these guys. This has been Kellen Buffington on the Triple Double Podcast, a run KNC production. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>